So we are in part five of a six-part series that is called Not a Fan. It's reminding us that Jesus is not looking for fans in terms of people who like him or like associating with him, but are not committed to him. Instead, Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, they must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. You know, it sounds like Jesus sets a really, by, a really high bar, and really he does in terms of wanting a deep devotion and commitment from us. Now, for many people, when they think about this call to follow Jesus, they, they think of Jesus as some sort of harsh taskmaster who's basically standing there with arms folded like this, just staring at them, waiting for them to mess up so then he can scold them. You know, many people in their view of Jesus, they look at Jesus as if he is kind of like Santa Claus in the song that says, you better watch out, you better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out if you're naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He also knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good, for goodness sake. And when you really think about that song, it's kind of creepy in the message that it's communicating. But many people, when they look at Jesus or look at God, they think that God or Jesus are just like that. Just telling us to follow the rules. That's really the message of the song, follow the rules. You don't cry, don't pout, be good. You know, he's watching everything you do, so you better watch out. And again, a lot of people look at Jesus in that same sort of way, but this is not what following Jesus is all about. Because following the rules is very different from following Jesus, which we're going to look at today. So I invite you to turn the Bible this morning to Mark chapter 7. And if you didn't bring a Bible but would like to follow along in one, you can grab one from the pew and turn to page 1016. Now in Mark chapter 7, Jesus encounters a group of people who are really focused on following religious rules. But one of the ironic things that we're going to see is that they're so devoted to following rules that those following of rules are actually pulling them farther and farther away from God. There's a deep irony there that we're going to look at today. So I invite you to pray with me and then we'll dig in. So Father, we thank you for the privilege we have of knowing you and of gathering this morning. And I pray that you will, in this time, reveal to us from Scripture how we can relate to you in the way that you've designed us to. Not just a, a rule-based following of you, but really a relationship-based following of you. So please guide us now. Teach us and prepare us to put into practice what we are learning this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So in Mark chapter 7, I invite you to follow along in the Bible as I read verses 1 through 8. It says, Now when the Pharisees gathered to Jesus with some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem, they saw that some of his disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly, holding to the tradition of the elders. And when they came from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. There are many other traditions that they observe, such as the washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and dining couches. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked Jesus, 
Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And he said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. Now from this passage, we're going to identify three problems that occur when we are focused on following rules rather than following Jesus. And the first problem is that a focus on rules generates more and more rules that are not from God. Let me explain what's happening here in Mark chapter 7. So you have Jesus. He's been traveling from town to town. He's teaching. He's healing people. And he caught the attention of the Jewish leaders. So they are now watching him like a hawk. And one of the groups of Jewish leaders is called Pharisees. Pharisees were like the Navy SEALs of Judaism. They were fully devoted to what they were doing. They knew the scriptures inside and out. And they were well known for following all the rules of the Jewish law. Now as the Pharisees were there watching Jesus, they saw him do something that they believed was wrong. And they called Jesus out on it. Now, now what did he do that they thought was wrong? He, is, he let his disciples eat without washing their hands. And you think about that. I mean, think about little kids. I mean, if you're a kid, do your parents tell you to wash, their, wash your hands before you eat? Probably so. I imagine so. That's what happens in my house. And regardless of the age, you may be thinking, well, yeah, I mean, it's gross to eat, especially back then, to eat with your hands without washing your hands first. You may, may be thinking, well, did Jesus really let his disciples eat without washing their hands? Now, we have to understand, the Pharisees were not criticizing Jesus' hygiene practices. They were criticizing his religious practices. You see, they had developed a special rule about how to ceremonially wash your hands, to do it in a religious way that had a specific religious meaning. And the Pharisees were legendary at making a lot of religious rules. I mean, they were exhibit A for the fact that focusing on rules leads to creating more and more rules that are not from God. And that's what's happening here in this passage. In verses 3 and 4, it says that the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly. And that's properly in their perspective of how they should be washed. It says, doing so holding to the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other traditions that they observe. Now notice where these rules come from. It says that they come from traditions of the elders. They are not from God. They are not found in the Bible. They are traditions that built up over time. They probably started with well-intentioned practices that then began to take on a life of their own through the years to the point where they became binding rules that you had to follow if you wanted to honor God. Or so they thought. And so they taught to others. And I think about how many of us 
grew up in families or in churches where there are a lot of rules that we were expected to follow, including religious rules. Perhaps you heard, you know, when you go to church, you need to wear your Sunday best. And women, you have to wear dresses, preferably dresses all the way down to the ankle. Those are some rules that you may have been familiar with. You know, when you're in church, sit up straight. You know, don't go to dances. And do not listen to rock and roll, because even the beat is from the devil. Or, you know, only read this type of Bible. Or don't go to restaurants on Sundays. You know, it's rule after rule, many of which probably started with decent intentions, but then over the years they took on a life of their own as people get focused on following the rules. And that is called legalism. Legalism is when we are focused on following rules, thinking that those rules are what are going to make us closer to God. Now, even though it's not a fan series, it's so easy to think about rules in terms of helping us to follow God. Even that following Jesus is about a set of rules. Things like, you know, sell your possessions. Serve the poor. Tithe to the church. Read the Bible maybe for 30 minutes or even an hour a day. Stay away from certain TV shows or certain podcasts or certain types of music. It's easy for people, for instance, to hear Jesus' instructions to that guy we know as the rich young ruler when Jesus said to sell all your possessions and come follow me. It's easy for people to take those instructions to that one guy and turn them into a rule that they think should apply then to everyone. That's not the way God, Jesus intended that instruction. It was for that one guy now, Jesus is looking for a deep devotion from everyone. But that plays out in different ways in different people's lives. We need to be careful not to turn a simple instruction to one person into a rule for everyone. Because if you look at Jesus' interactions with other people, he did not call everyone to the exact same thing, even though we are all called to be devoted fully to him. So we must be careful not to create rules that aren't in Scripture. And on top of this, even for the teachings that are in Scripture, we need to make, be careful that we don't equate following Jesus with following rules. Because they are not the same. So one problem with rules is that, is that if we focus on them, we end up creating more and more rules that aren't from God. A second problem with rules is that a focus on rules inspires judgment, not grace. And you just look at the attitude of the Pharisees. I mean, they are like those harsh taskmasters with arms folded, just waiting for people to fail so they can call them out on it. That's exactly what was happening with Jesus and the disciples. Now, I do think it's important to be clear that the Pharisees, they were devoted. I mean, they were not half-hearted at all in what they were doing. They were all in. The problem is they were all in on the wrong thing. And they illustrate the fact that those who are best at following rules, especially those who make the rules, frequently tend to become judgmental toward others, wondering, why can't you keep the rules like I keep the rules? It, it breeds a spirit of judgmentalism toward others. I mean, look at the Pharisees. They were focused on who's keeping the rules and who's not. In verse 5, they asked Jesus, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but ye with defiled hands. 
Their attitude is like that of a referee, ready to call a foul on anyone who doesn't follow the rules. That's their attitude. And this created a spirit of judgment that was opposed to humility and grace. Let me tell you a story. Now, the story came from a source that I consider rep- reputable, but when I tried to research it more, I was not able to verify for sure whether it was a true story. But regardless, the principles that the story communicates are still valid. So the story goes like this. There's a man named John who was dressed quite casually one day, and he walked into a bank. He was there to complete a business transaction, but the officer that he needed to see was not there. So the teller told him, you know, the officer you need to see is not here. He'll be back tomorrow, so you'll have to come back tomorrow. And so John said, okay, that's fine. And then John, John asked the teller, can you validate my parking ticket? Which is just, you know, something that bank typically did. And the teller said, no, we can't. Our bank policy is that in order to validate a parking ticket, you actually have to complete a transaction with the bank. And John said, well, you know, I, I was here to do that type of thing. But the person I was looking for wasn't here, so could you please just grant an exception? And the teller said, no, this is bank policy. We have rules, and rules are rules. And so John then decided to complete a banking transaction. He decided to close his account with the bank. And so he did so, and his name was John Akers. You may not know that name. At the time, he was CEO and chairman of IBM, a very wealthy, uh, prominent company. The account that he closed that day had about $1.5 million in it. Now, the teller then did validate his parking ticket. But, and you know, you look at this, she was following the letter of the law. She was following the rules, but her focus on rules inspired rigidity rather than grace. And it cost her bank dearly. Now let me tell you a true story from the Bible about grace. But it also has glimpses of rules and judgment as well. It comes from John chapter 8. It says that Don, Jesus appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group And said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, it commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? So they're pointing now to rules that come from Scripture, actually. It says that they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing Jesus. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, He straightened up and said to them, Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw the stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. And neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. So you see rules and judgment, but also grace. Now we have to understand Jesus' attitude is not that anything goes. 
He still calls her, go now and leave your life of sin. There are still expectations, but it's clear that Jesus' focus was not just on keeping rules. His focus was on redemption. He did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. And if we are to be his followers, we must have that same type of attitude of not merely holding people to the rules, but pointing people to Jesus' grace and the redemption that is available. Now there's a third problem, and it's really the biggest problem of all if we are focusing on rules, and that is that a focus on rules drives people away from Jesus. I mean, Jesus told the Pharisees, well did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So they had made their own rules and they raised them to the level of being doctrines from God or from Scripture. And what happened in the process is that they were so focused on rules that they were driving themselves away from God. But they didn't recognize it because their scorecard in their minds was all about following the rules. And they were checking this box and that box and that box. So they thought they were doing well when in fact they were driving themselves farther and farther from God because of their focus on the rules. And the focus on rules can also drive others away as well. In Matthew 23, 13, Jesus said, Woe to you, teachers of law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. So their focus was so much on following rules that they were pointing people to the rules and preventing people from coming to know God in spirit and in truth. And you can imagine how all the rules that they were upholding, and they were telling others, you have to follow this rule, this rule, this rule, and they pile up so many rules that weren't even in Scripture. They were so focused on that, that you can imagine how that was just driving the people crazy and turning people around them off to religion as a whole. Now, following Jesus is not ultimately about following rules. Following Jesus starts with what is happening in our heart. That's why Jesus said, their heart is far from me. Yes, the Bible does contain rules and commands. And we should not ignore those, but our heart makes the difference in following Jesus. I mean, think about Jesus. When he was asked by Pharisees or by religious leaders, what is the greatest commandment? in Moses' law, in the Old Testament. So as they're asking for, about rules and commandments, what is the greatest? You know his response? He said the greatest commandment is to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's about loving God. It's about a relationship with him. And that makes all the difference. Let me give you another analogy. In my marriage, I don't think much about rules. But as I thought about it this week, I realized there actually are a lot of rules in marriage, if you want to think about it that way. For instance, here's a rule. If I'm upset, don't punch my wife. You know, that's a pretty good rule, isn't it? 
I've been adhering to that rule pretty well, actually. Very well. Another rule is don't sleep with anyone who's not my wife. Or don't buy a car or a bike or anything else that's expensive without the approval of my wife. Don't complain about my wife to others. Don't share my wife's secrets. Or on the positive side, do the dishes. Wash the car. Take out the trash. Pay the bills. These are all unwritten rules that are valuable for me if I want to have a healthy marriage. Now, here's one of the funny things. I don't actually think about these typically as rules. But they essentially are that help guide a marriage in healthy ways. I actually don't think about most of these topics much at all. I don't think much about not punching her or about not sleeping around because these are intrinsic. If I want to honor my wife, if I want to have a healthy marriage, that just comes right along with the territory. I just know out of love for her and commitment to her, I don't want to do something that's going to hurt her or damage our marriage. And on the flip side, I do want to do things that build her up in love, that show her my value for her. That is intrinsic in a relationship that is based on love and commitment. Now imagine if every day I was presented with a list of rules I need to follow in my marriage. What do you think my attitude would be then? I think it would be hard. I think if I was presented with a list, whoever gave me that list, whether my wife or someone else, if I was given a list of rules I'm expected to follow every single day in my marriage, I think for one, that would kind of make me frustrated. I would be tempted to want to push back against the very idea of a whole list of rules in the marriage. And if I chose to comply with the rules, I could easily see how I could just get in the mentality of, you know, I just need to check the boxes. And then what would happen is that I would end up going through the motions of marriage. And you imagine what would happen if a marriage became only about following a list of rules. You know, at the end of the day, each spouse could say, you know what, I did well today. I checked every box. But does that guarantee that they're going to have a healthy marriage? No, not at all. You could check every box or every rule and still not have a healthy marriage. Marriage is about love and commitment. And rules can certainly help a marriage stay on the right track or get on the right track. But at the end of the day, rules should never supersede the relationship in a marriage. Otherwise, if rules gain prominence, if they become the most important thing in that marriage, they're going to end up driving a wedge in the relationship. It's the same in our relationship with Jesus. Yes, there are commands from Jesus and from Scripture that we are called to follow. And Jesus wants us to do that. That's why, for instance, in Luke 6, 46, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I mean, he is expecting obedience, but not out of the mentality of check the box, check the box, check the box, follow the rules, follow the rules, follow the rules. He's looking for love and commitment, looking for our heart to be engaged in following him, our heart to get caught up in how he is worthy of our complete devotion. And that makes following him worthwhile. That makes following him a joy. And then the rules, the commands in Scripture, they follow right in line in the right mentality motivated by love rather than by a sense of obligation. That makes all the difference in the world. And it's so important that we are clear in the distinction that following Jesus is not the same as following rules. We need to be clear in this distinction because the default view 
of so many people, even in church and also in the outside world, is that if you want to be a Christian, the focus is following the rules. And many people, as they grow up, they end up turning their back on Christianity or church because the way that they have been raised, or at least what they have internalized, is that church or Christianity or Jesus are about following the rules. Again, there are commands in Scripture. Those should not be ignored. But we need to approach all this with the right heart. It's about a heart of love and commitment to Jesus, of getting to know him better relationally. And in the process, we are submitting to him and following him. Next Sunday here at Freedoms, we're going to be starting what we call the 40 days of prayer. Or for the six weeks leading up to Easter, we have the opportunity to commit ourselves to praying on a daily basis for at least five people around us that they will come to faith in Jesus or grow as followers of Jesus. And so I do encourage you, if you want to participate in that, we'll have an opportunity to kind of kick all that off in, during next week's service. If you want to participate in that, I would encourage you to be thinking between now and then about who are the people you may want to commit yourself to praying for that they will come to faith in Jesus or grow into followers of Jesus. Be thinking about that. But I want to highlight this as well right now because I know that as we're praying about that in the weeks to come, we're not going to be praying, hey, Lord, I pray that you will help this person follow all the rules. That's not what we pray, is it? Lord, I pray that you will help that person just understand the commandments in Scripture and just follow them all, check all those boxes. That's not what we pray. We pray that they will come to know Jesus and grow in a relationship with him grow as followers of Jesus who love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the type of thing we pray. Yeah, following him does entail following his commands and his expectations, but it's done from a place of love and love that breeds commitment. It makes all the difference in the world. And this all shows that following Jesus is not to be a heavy, burdensome load. Some people think it is. That's how the Pharisees and the other religious leaders back in Jesus' day presented God. It became a burdensome load that weighed people down. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You see, Jesus says, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. Come with your weary souls and I will give you rest. It shows that as we follow Jesus, it's not to be a burden that weighs us down. Yes, there will be times, especially perhaps at the beginning, that feel like a bit of a sacrifice as, as Jesus changes our life. But it's meant to be something that happens from the inside out. And in the process, we are filled with joy. And that we experience the amazing privilege of following Jesus, of knowing him, and of making him known to those around us. Following Jesus is so much different than following rules. Following rules just brings death. It brings a sense of burden. It kills the spiritual life. Following Jesus brings life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came to give us life and give it to us abundantly. Lord, I pray that as we talk about all these topics today, that you will help us to, to get the things in right order and priority in our minds. That we will not adopt the attitude that, that it doesn't matter what we do at all. 
Jesus says, say just anything goes, because Jesus, from Scripture, that's not what you reveal to us. It's still important to obey you and to follow you, but to do so from a heart of love, a heart of joy, a heart that, that enjoys getting to know you better and better. And I pray that you will do a work in each one of our hearts so that we will grow in loving you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, so that following you will be a true joy, and that joy will be contagious to those around us. We thank you for your love for us. We pray these things in your name. Amen.